What's up, guys? It's Eric. Look it. I got an idea. Why don't we just put chocolate all over the floor and let Chunk eat his way through? Hey, guys. This is Joe. It's okay. You're a Goonie, and Goonies always make mistakes. Just don't make any more. Steven Spielberg presents The Goonies, a Richard Donner film. Join Mikey. Hi, gotcha! Brand. Andy. Mouth. Chunk. Stephanie. Chunk, I hope that was your stomach. That's the end. And Data. Money's coming! You can hear me! Run! The Goonies, rated PG. Special advance preview, Saturday, June 1st. You're listening to Worth the Leafy, the podcast where two former video rental clerks watch movies that they may have recommended at one time and see if they still think that the film would be worth keeping an extra day or two to watch again, even if it meant paying a late fee. How are you doing, Joe? Not bad, Eric. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm trying to shut my door right now. Hopefully I don't unplug my... Okay, I'm good. I'm good. Hey, you... I can still hear you. That's good. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, yeah. Watching anything lately or doing anything? Um, not a ton because it's been a busy week at work but um and then i my brother has been home for the past my oh. brother's normally in south korea but he's been home for the past uh week or so so or, or yeah like week and a half maybe so oh, awesome how long is that for he leaves uh friday morning so a couple days <clears throat> a couple more days so yeah most most nights have been either going to practice or doing something with him or that's yeah, awesome. other stuff. So um, one show I finished, I don't remember if I said this in the last episode, because I don't remember when I finished it, but I finished that show Warrior on HBO Max, the martial arts show. <clears throat> Very good. And I'm glad after the the way that it ended, the way that it ended, I'm glad that there's going to be a third season. So um, and then I started watching, or I, and I, I think I mentioned this on a couple episodes uh, or, or a while ago, but I started watching on uh on on uh fx they have a show called um oh, what is it uh snowfall oh yeah so okay. i finished i finally watched the first episode like the whole first episode of that and it's so far i really like it it's good it's a little for me it's a little much because they're hour-long episodes and they have a decent amount of seasons so it's like it's a lot to get caught up for me because i don't watch a ton of tv but um yeah, no, it's it, it's good. What about you? You watch anything good? NBA Finals finished last night, and was, I got the <laughs> results I wanted, thankfully. So that's all over now. The NBA is done. Um, yeah. And I don't know if I mentioned this in previous episodes. I definitely mentioned the show in the past, but I did watch Trying Season 2. That came on Apple TV a little while ago, and it finally wrapped up its season. They released episodes weekly for a little bit. Yeah. Um, but that is all over and I love the season two just as much as I did season one and Ted Lasso is starting back up again this Friday so I'm looking forward to that because that show is both trying and Ted Lasso are shows that you make you feel good the entire way through I've had more people Ted Lasso is a show that I've had more people um recommend to me or whatever and I and I I'm interested but the concept is like very weird so it's I think I have to just one day when I'm in the right mood, like sit down and give it a shot. And I'm sure I'll like it. It's it's Bill Lawrence. So who <clears throat> yeah. scrubs. So you right. know, you know he's a good he does a good job blending like a little bit of like emotion and comedy. He does that to last off perfectly. Right. Yeah. But one of my buddies that I play hockey with, I, we 
had a game on Sunday and we drove up together cause it was a, a ways away. And, uh, he was telling me about it and a few, uh, a few other people have told me about it too. And yeah, I, I've, I've heard only good things about it. It's just like the concept is strange. So I'm, I, uh, I have, like I said, I have to just be in the right, the right mood for it, I guess. He's no, he's no, He's not Coach Taylor, but he's he's still a good coach. Oh well, yeah, no, there's no, <laughs> never going to be another Coach Taylor. I um, one thing, Bree and I went to um, this isn't the beer I'm drinking right now. I'll talk about that in a second. <clears throat> but we went to uh, Cisco Brewers. They have a, they're actually based on the Cape, but they have a location in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And we went there over the weekend. And if anyone listening is anywhere near Portsmouth, New Hampshire, a, it's a beautiful city anyway but definitely check out this place we went it was like the food was good not just for a brewery the food was very good for any sort of restaurant the beer was great there was live music um the staff was was awesome and we sat outside the guy i wish i could think of the guy's name who played uh he was covering like everything from like jason isbell to to all he was he was unreal brilliant oh and he played um he played the noah reed version of um um oh my god from Shit's creek um i'm trying to blank too now yeah i'm spacing on it it's which is hilarious because i've like brie and i have know every word to the song and uh but he he was great the service is great the beer was great uh i'll simply the best simply the best yes song. so definitely recommend that and then and one other thing music wise so that was cisco brewers the brewery itself is based out on the Cape, but this place is in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And then music wise, one musician who hasn't had the best reputation for the past 10 years or so, as far as like PR goes, I'm, I for sure call them bad words a number of times, but he's not perfect, but he's freakishly talented. Have you heard John Mayer's new album? Yes, I have. And I really do Dude. like it. Yeah. Some uh, another musician that I follow on Instagram, who's in I kind of totally like, different... like John Mayer. Yeah, he has a lot of bad like press here and there. But watching him like interview the people and like his comedy side of him, he's, oh, I love like on the hilarious. Chappelle show. On the Chappelle show, dude, I loved him on the Chappelle show. No, but and he's freakishly talented. But I just love that like he picked like a. It's almost like a whole new genre. You could tell yeah. me that's a totally different person, and he just dominates it. It kind of sounds like. A little bit like it's like so if, for the people that haven't heard about it, the album's called Saw Rock, and it's it's kind of like soft rock from like the late '80s, early '90s. Some songs I'm like, this sounds like Dire Straits. Some songs it sounds like U2, and then it's it's just really good. It's the the first time in a long time that, like I said, another musician that I follow on Instagram <clears throat> shared something about it, and totally different genre. This other musician. And so I was like, all right, I'll listen to one song. And I listened to one song. And it's the first time I can remember in a very long time that I've heard one song and been like, yeah, I'm listening to that whole album. It was crazy. That's so, awesome. I saw yeah, him. Damn. I saw it, like you say, he's super talented. I didn't realize how talented he was. I, I saw him in concert years back and he went on like this six minute guitar solo riff. Oh, he's a and freak. I was like, oh my God, man. Yeah, he's a freak. <laughs> he, I, it's funny you say that because I, I was so into this album, that, this new album that I looked at tickets for his tour. He's coming to Boston and, you know, relatively soon, I think, but the tickets are so expensive. He's playing a garden. And I was like, all right, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Not, you haven't earned me that back that much, John. Although he doesn't need, he doesn't need my help because clearly by the, 
the ticket prices. He's doing okay. But um, so Joe, you guys heard the trailer. You heard our quotes. Joe's going to tell us if it was his pick. So he can explain a little bit more, but um, I'm drinking. What I'm drinking is privateers sour ale from Armada brewing. And if you see the can um, it's got a pirate on it. So that'll make a little bit more sense once Joe talks about what we're, what we're talking about. So what are we, what are we discussing today, Joe? We're going to be uh, discussing the Goonies. So there's a few reasons why I picked this film. The first being it's celebrating its 35th anniversary. So it's a pretty big, pretty big one. It's still completely relevant. Yeah, um, wouldn't it be, when did this come out? This came out in 85, didn't it? 85. Yeah. But a lot of, I, I know I was looking at the thing too. A lot of uh, like first sword day put out a vinyl recently. Some things are playing okay, it. Okay. Everyone's celebrating it a little bit. Uh, not on so, its exact anniversary, but yes. Okay. You're okay. Right. <laughs> so, the only reason I know is because I got excited for a second. Cause this came out like, uh, like a couple weeks before I was born. So I was like, maybe I'm only 35, but no, I'm, <laughs> I'm 36. No, I think 2020 is like a uh, scratch off year. So <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I'm fine with that. <laughs> uh, but I'm actually going to get into that in a second though. But uh, I recently saw this in a theater and with the recent news of the great Richard Donner, I figured it should be one we discussed for this episode. Growing up, the Goonies was the adventure film and I would watch it all the time. It was one of those films I owned on different media formats from VHS to DVD to Blu-ray. And I recently picked up the 4K version and it's a film that I grew up with and it's still part of my life. So I almost, I almost just put my headset microphone into my beer. So that would have been, that would have ended the show <laughs> real quick. Yeah. I think what you said is how most people around our age are. And I may have said this when you introduced the pick last episode, but my memory of this one is mostly tied to my friends, uh, Scotty and Adam. They quoted this a lot more than I did growing up. I think they, kind of grew up with it like you did i definitely saw this growing up but i can't say it was as much a part of my childhood like it was for a lot of other people my age your age and it was even this but this is one of those movies though where even if you've never seen it people you know like if someone says hey you guys or someone like you know you know the movie and you know it's such a huge part of pop culture you know it's like Rocky or something. You don't have to see Rocky to know what, what it's about and to know like running up the steps and Eye of the Tiger and all that stuff. So do you have any stats as far as how this one did financially? Yeah, so The Goonies came out on June 7th, 1985 and had a budget of $19 million, making $124 million in the box office. Not that that matters at this point in its life. Yeah. It was written by Chris Columbus, who has been involved with so many other great legendary properties, such as Harry Potter and Home Alone with the story credit going to Steven Spielberg. It was directed by the great late Richard Donner, who just passed away a few weeks ago on July 5th. Um, the, man just, the man dabbled in so many different genres and redefined every single one of them. Without him, movies would be completely different today, specifically how superhero films are viewed. Movies he's been involved with are Superman, Lethal Weapon, Scrooge, The Omen, amongst so many others. But I was going to bring up too. During the 35th anniversary, the actual 35th anniversary that took place in 2020, they did a really cool um, thing where they brought with Josh Gad had this YouTube series where he would bring beloved movies and get the original cast together and reread the scripts um, to raise money for charity. I mentioned this a few times with other movies in the past. I can't remember what we did now, but other movies yeah. he's, he did this with. And he brought the Goonies cast back for the 35th anniversary. 
They all came back, reprised their roles. It was so cool seeing them. They got everyone back. So if you haven't seen it, I might mention this in the past. It's worth checking out. It's the duration and, of the film, and it's awesome. And I was going to mention this when we talk about like what they were doing going into the film and what, that sort of update. But Chunk now is like one of the better entertainment lawyers yes. in, in Hollywood or in L.A. So, yeah, that's a pretty cool and he went cool through his spin. and went through his whole <laughs> thing. I'm not sure if you with Richard Donner passing he, the actor, I forgot his real name. Um, he came out and talked about the reason why he's doing this. Jeff is, Cohen. Yes, Jeff Cohen. Yes, thank you. Jeff Cohen did this wrote this huge, great tribute to Richard Donner, saying how you know he knew he wasn't going to maybe have the career that others were going to from the cast, and he was saying that he wanted to go to college. And he asked Richard Donner, because he worked with him. So like on the set, behind the scenes, he asked him for a letter of recommendation. And uh, Richard went home. And when he read like some of the notes that Jeff wrote to kind of so he can incorporate them in his letter of recommendation, he, he and his wife thought about it. And they called up Jeffrey saying they would pay for his college. So that's awesome. It's so cool. And they, so they paid for his college. And without Richard Donner, Jeffrey Cohen wouldn't be in the position he's in now because he went to yeah. school for this thing. So it's really cool seeing how these, how Richard Donner was still part of <clears throat> Cohen's life all throughout these years. Thirty five years wasn't part later, of the yeah. Actual, yeah, even when he wasn't acting anymore. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, critically, this isn't going to shock anyone as far as how it's reviewed and how it was remembered as far as scores go. Seven point eight out of ten on IMDb. 76% on Rotten Tomato. Score of three stars from Roger Ebert. Um, and a, a quote from his review. <clears throat> the Goonies is a smooth mixture of the usual ingredients from, Steven, ingredients from Steven Spielberg action movies, made special because of the high-energy performance of the performances of the kids who had the adventures. It's a fantastical story of buried pirate treasure told with a slice-of-life approach that let these kids that lets these kids use words Bogart didn't know in Casablanca. So that's pretty good. I think <clears throat> at first I was going to say I was surprised that he only gave it three stars, but three stars is still really good, first yeah. of all. And I think that kind of, I can see how there'd be certain things that Ebert would have a problem with, just given his history. And he's definitely given lower scores to movies that I love. So <clears throat> can't be too surprised. Um, June of 85 is when this one came out. So pretty good month for film. Other films that came out that, that month, uh, St. Elmo's Fire, which is definitely a, a future episode. I've talked about that one a, a handful of times. It was part of my, I'm in my thirties. I have to watch like these adult coming of age films uh, streak that I was on a while ago. Uh, Cocoon, uh, Pale Rider with Clint Eastwood, Mad Max Beyond the Thunderdome, Day of the Dead. So pretty good month. Um, Outside of film, not a ton that I wanted to talk about. Uh, Weird Al Yankovic's LP, Dare to be Stupid, came out. And then Larry King Live debuted on CNN, which Larry King Live debuting on CNN in 85 kind of shocked me because he just kind of seemed like someone who, if you had me guess so when been he... doing it since the 60s. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it was like him. Yeah, he, he told everyone that like Kennedy got assassinated in my mind. But yeah, but that, so that was pretty cool. Do you have a back of the DVD summary? I do. Old-fashioned, yarn about a band of adventurous kids who take on the might of a property developing company which plans to destroy their home to build a country club. When the children discover an old part map in the attic, they follow it into an underground cavern in search of lost treasure 
but come up against plenty of dangerous obstacles along the way. Very simple. Good. Yeah, yeah, very, very good. simple plot. Good summary. Gets to the point. Um, so you already talked about Donner and some of the other stuff he was involved with going into it. I had some notes, but you covered his his resume and speaks for itself. So Superman, Lethal Weapon 1 through 4, Scrooged, you know, and a million other things. So we'll skip over that and we can just go right to some of the cast members. So Sean Astin, a.k.a. Mikey, um, this was his film debut, which is not a bad way to get going. Uh, and when I see Sean Astin, the first thing I think of is Rudy, because that's a movie that I've seen. That's probably in the top five of movies I've seen the most times in my life. I had that VHS growing up and I burnt it out. Um, also in Encino Man, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, obviously 51st Dates, Click, and Stranger Things. And the Stranger Things tie is pretty cool because Stranger Things was influenced a lot by the Goonies. So it's it's cool that, you know, there was that connection there. So And obviously the Lord of the Rings is what I, I know him from Lord of the Rings, but I will make a note that he's awesome in 51st Dates. I'm just going to throw it out there. In 51st Dates, he's so funny. He's, he's <laughs> So funny when he's talking to uh, Dan Aykroyd, the doctor, and he's like, I have a friend of mine who's again, he's like, get off the juice, whatever his name is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, I'll tell him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Him. Yeah. Yeah. No, so he's, I, I'm a big, I love Sean Astin. Like I said, I grew up watching Rudy. And um, while it's not the most realistic sports movie of all time, it's still, I still love it. So yeah, he's one of those um, guys who no one has anything that I say about either. Yeah. Everyone always loves Sean Astin. So yeah. And he seems very aware of himself. Like he's like, you know, of how lucky he is and how he's like a he's a good actor he's not an academy award winner and he'll take these he'll take the roles he can get and he does well and that's that's awesome so uh jeff cohen who played chunk uh he had some tv work and a handful of voice roles other than this but this is what he's known for and like we said he's now an entertainment lawyer in la and a very successful one so good for him Corey feldman mouth one of the faces of the 80s 100 percent uh, Friday the 13th, the final chapter in 84, Gremlins uh, in 84, Goonies in 85, Stand By Me in 86, Lost Boys in 87, License to Drive in 88, Dream a Little Dream in 89. So <clears throat> he's one of the names of the 80s that everybody knows. And he's had a rough post-career peak. You know, I, I know he's still technically acting, but he's had a rough go of it. But um it's it's hopefully he's he's doing better because it's it's you can't love 80s movies and not love at least one Corey Feldman movie. So if not, so and seeing him come back for the 35th anniversary charity event, he really goes all out with it. Like he's acting on Zoom and he does he has props, he has so much fun with it. So it's, awesome. it was fun watching him just like really take that character in again. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And hopefully he's doing well. Um I apologize in advance if I pronounced this one wrong. Jonathan k kwan as data data depending on where you're from uh you also know him from indiana jones obviously that's probably the first thing i thought of that was his first film which is another good first film and that and the goonies are quite the one too for for it to get going but i thought it was pretty cool so just like um jeff cohen chunk now works in a different part of hollywood uh he still does some acting work but he also works as a stunt choreographer choreographer and uh, he worked on X-Men, which is oh, cool. pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Josh Brolin as Brand, definitely the most successful career of all the Goonies. Yeah. Uh, son of the actor James Brolin. He's been in a million things, but just to list a few, uh, Mimic, Hollow Man, Grindhouse, No Country for Old Men, American Gangster, Milk, True Grit, 
Man in Black 3, Everest, Sicario, Deadpool, Deadpool 2, uh, and a couple of the Avengers films. So I heard some stat recently. I can't remember where it was, but it was like his career, the career um, or the, the ticket sales from his films are like, you know, so-and-so billion dollars combined. And it, then they put it right next to Brad Pitt's total. And I think Brad Pitt hasn't beat by not by much. So he's just had an unreal career of, staying active but also picking some some big ones so good for him and then i don't want to spend a time a ton of time on the fratellis the the bad family bad guys in the film but just have to mention that ann ramsey who played mama fratelli and you also know her from uh throw mama from the train so that that kind of works robert davy played jake and you know him from die hard showgirls and some other stuff also quite the singer and i guess i don't think he's still doing it i actually don't even know if he's still alive but he uh, he did a Frank Sinatra, like he toured as a, he is still alive. Good news, guys. Um, but he toured as a Frank Sinatra kind of cover act. So I thought that was pretty cool, which you can tell in the film. That guy can sing. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah. And then Joey, uh, Joe Pantoliano, who has been in a million things. To me, he's the captain in Bad Boys, but he's been in a million other things, too. He's a he, great we will, character we, actor. We will visit uh, Baby's Day Out someday with him as one of the villains. <laughs> <laughs> of all all his other movies uh he was also in la bamba empire of the sun and like i said a, a million other ones but i don't want to spend too much time with the fatalities because it's really about the the goonies team so um did you anything down for the more you know random facts i had a couple of things um according to sean Aston, he was allowed to this one hurts a little bit he's allowed to keep the treasure map used in the film several years later his mother patty duke discovered it thought it was a crinkled piece of paper and threw it in the trash. That's such a mom thing too. <laughs> my, my wife will do that. She, she, and Bree's been listening to the podcast. So I, hopefully she, hopefully she hears this. What Bree will do is I'll leave something out, but I know where it is. Right. Like I'll leave, like, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Some random thing out. Now it bothers her because everything has a place in her mind and everything needs to be organized. And she's OCD as hell. So then I'll go to get where whatever it whatever it was, and I'm like, hey, do you know where my uh, whatever is? And she's like, no, no. And I'm like, really? That's funny because it's been on this table, on this coffee table for like six months, and it hasn't moved. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's gone. And then it'll turn up like neatly tucked in a corner. And I'm like, you and I both know I don't put things away like that. So just <laughs> just tell me, <laughs> just tell me next time. So sorry, go ahead. No, no. Um, the pirate ship was entirely real. All the shots were filmed in the ship. After the film, it was offered to anyone who would take it. No one wanted it for obvious reasons. So the ship was unfortunately destroyed. That's, um, a, good one. that's a good one. And June 7th was officially declared Goonies Day by the mayor of Astoria, where the movie was filmed during the 25th anniversary celebration in 2010. So um, awesome. That's really cool. And my last one is very interesting. One-Eyed Willie's skull was made from real bone. I saw that too, yeah. yeah. It's a good one. So. Um, to follow up, <clears throat> one cool one about the ship, so you mentioned about you know the unfortunate fate of the ship. A cool thing that I saw was the cast was not allowed to see the pirate ship before the scene was shot because Richard Donner wanted to catch their genuine reactions at like the size of the ship, the scope of it. And when they see it, Josh Brolin was so surprised that he exclaimed, holy shit, and the scene had to be reshot. So I thought that was pretty cool. And it gives you an idea of like why guys like Donner are a little bit, a little bit uh, better than most. 
Um, speaking of Donner, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, do we mention, we mentioned it was Sean Astin's, <clears throat> I believe, but do we mention this was Brolin's debut as well? We didn't know, but yeah, it was. Yeah, like this is a hell of a debut for him as well, huh? Like, right. what, a, no. what a cast this, this, this team put together. <laughs> it was a little bit, he looked like he was him passing for 16 in this and i don't know i don't know what the weird like fitness thing he was doing like they didn't really give an explanation for that and he wasn't fit enough to be for it to make sense he's wearing like they were they it was like they went to a costume store and they were like get me like the stereotypical 80s workout video outfit and all the equipment with like the chain stretch like wear shorts over your sweatpants yep yep the whole the whole bit so um speaking of richard donner we, we were just talking about him um, he, he's actually has a cameo as the gray haired sheriff, uh, on one of the four wheelers in the final seat. So that was pretty cool. And then the last one, and this bothers me that this wasn't left in the film uh, that I, I think I, I have this, I was going to mention this as, as if I could change one thing, just a minor thing, the Goonies oath, the full Goonies oath that was cut out goes as follows. I will never betray my goondock friends. We will stick together until the whole world ends. Through heaven and hell and nuclear war, good pals like good pals like us will stick like tar. In the city or the country or the forest or the boonies, I am proudly declared a fellow goonie. And I wish that that had more of a place in the film. Because yeah, that's I, awesome. I rewatching this, for, and again, I did I haven't seen this a million times, like a lot of people my age have. So rewatching it, I wish they spent more. And this isn't what I have later on for things I would change. I wish they spent more time explaining a what was going on with the whole country club buying the golf course, buying the the property, and I don't know that that part was kind of rushed through. And and I wish they also spent more time on the explaining why are they called the Goonies because they're from the Goondocks. Why like that that background? Right. I could have done with more of that, but. Um, uh, did you have anything down for not in this millennium? I don't think you did, but no, I didn't. Yeah. So I didn't have anything either as far as stuff that wouldn't pass was released today. One thing I did write down that's just kind of a fun fact that's tied into that is the swearing within this film was deliberately and strategically placed so it can be drowned out by broadcasters who wish to remove it. If you watch closely, it often happens when there is a lot of background noise, like the police car chase at the beginning of the film or when there's running water or another loud uh, source of sound nearby. That way the broadcaster can lose the profanity in the sound mix or can cut a couple of seconds of footage without losing anything significant um, happening in the scene. So kind of That's thinking really ahead. smart. Yeah. It's really smart. Really generous too. <laughs> and it makes sense too. Easier. Yeah. Well, and, and this is one of the most growing up, this movie was on TV more than, you know, more than most. So yeah, they knew what they were doing. They knew there was going right. to be a hit. <laughs> right. Exactly. So um, what did you have down for favorite scene? I, I have this fear that we're both going to agree on this one, but well, we'll see. Is I so first off, I think this cast is perfect. So many young stars who grew up to be great actors, who have later been big, you know, part of some really big IPs. But while I love the adventure element of this film, I really do. Um, it's not the thing that stands out for me. When I was younger, I wanted to be a Goonie, you know, blah blah blah, as we all did who watched this movie as kids. But during my rewatch. I really found myself enjoying the little moments before the adventure took place. I love the beginning when we see um, Mikey and Brand kind of bonding, talking. We have like the brotherly relationships where one second they're hitting each other, the next second they like each other. Going from when their friends would just come on in, which is pretty much how I grew up in my street. People just walk, come Same. on inside Same. and just, you know, it was a very, really cool area. 
Um, I really wish we got a little more of that, which kind of falls into what you were saying before, Eric, how we got from the Goonies in a way. But yeah. I really like, you know, we have data coming down on a zip line from one house to the other. Stuff like that was so cool. And it was a lot of fun. And I kind of wish we had a little bit more of that began before the match took place. Um, just for a little more background. And we, we get to learn these characters pretty quickly through their mishaps and the adventure. But I really like the subtle moments with this crew. Me too. Me too. So is that was that your favorite scene? Just like the, the whole opening, the first like maybe okay. 15, 20 minutes or so was awesome, I thought. What did you think about the jailbreak? Oh, I love the jailbreak scene. That was so good. <laughs> I liked parts of it, and then parts of it I was like... Obviously, oh, yeah. it's very cartoony. It's a very <laughs> yeah. cartoony breakout scene, but I really enjoyed it. I love the first part, the first scene where like the cop goes in there to get him. And he like thinks he looks at the note, and then he like, the uh, the guy wakes up, and and like you know Jake wakes up and like kicks the cop. Although that was a pretty soft knockout, I don't really know how the cop was like rendered unconscious so easily. But you know, and his little bracket. I'm not sure what it was. I know it was in the back of his pants, but what was it holding onto on his pants? Like how's it holding? I don't know. Like, there's some things obviously that it's very cartoony yeah. in a way, but it's it's yeah, fun. it's a movie. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, my favorite scene, and this is. It sounds, I feel like it's a cop-out, but although some people that I talked to about this didn't like the scene and they don't like this character, um, or they don't, not that they don't like him, but they got annoyed by it. But my favorite scene is when Mikey rallies the troops and points out, you know, how close they are, how not even Chester Copperpot made it, Copperpot made it this far and, and they need to do it. And Goonies never say die. And that whole like half time speech. I love that. And I think it's because of what, you were just saying that I said earlier that my favorite part of the film was the friendship between the guys. And I wish that they spent more time on that and less on the adventure because they're on the, they're on the adventure. Like what, like 20 minutes into this movie. Yeah. Once they're introduced, we see a little bit, like a little bit of backstory with them real fast. Their mother, the helper, but then we just jump right into it. Right. And then, and then it's, it's not a short movie. It's like an hour and 50 minutes or something like that. So yep. that's not long, but for a movie like this aimed at kids, it's not short either. And I wish that they did, you know, cause they, like that's Mikey talks about like what they have to do down there to save the community, forget what the parents are doing, blah, blah, blah. I wish they spent more time on explaining what they were trying to save and then giving scenes like that where their, their roles in the group are explained and, and everything like that. So that was I my love, favorite scene. I love that scene too. I love the speech about it's you know, I almost almost I think it's the scene I almost did for my quote before we started with the whole yeah, our yeah, time yeah. down here. This is our time. Yep. I, I love that whole speech. Yeah. People hate that. Crazy. So you know, some people just found like some people I talked to just found Sean Aston's character to be like, I don't know, kind of like goody two shoes and and whatever, which he he's the like he's kind of the leader a little bit yeah. in, in a weird way. So um yeah, I, I I loved it. So, what did you have down for the soundtrack? Any comments, questions, concerns? Um, I have the Goonies soundtrack is probably one of my top ten favorite movie soundtracks of all time. Really, really, I loved I did it. not no. Don't get me wrong, I did not <laughs> like the soundtrack, but I didn't. I it's, didn't think it's a very weird Hollywood soundtrack. <clears throat> it's very like jazzy in a way, and I love that about it. I'm not sure what it is, but um, I love it from scenes when it's just Mikey and his brother talking in the porch of their house. That subtle like little melodies yep. to when there's actual action taking place the score does its part as being another character in the film not that i need any help but um dave Rusin really brought this film to life 
adding another layer to this, making it even more memorable. It's also, in a way, a character in the film because it plays all through almost half the movie. You have some sort of background, some sort of score happening. Talk about the vinyl now. So this movie has gotten different variations of releases from the 80s, and it's pretty easy to obtain. And just last month during Record Store Day, the record was re-released as a picture disc in limited quantities to celebrate its 35th anniversary, or in this case, 36th anniversary. So if you're a fan of those, the designs are pretty cool. But as always, with picture discs, your audio sound may vary. Wow. So yeah, like I said, I, I thought it was a good soundtrack. I didn't, I would have never guessed you would have had it that high in your personal, but you have, you grew up with the film. and I think a lot of it is nostalgia for sure. Yeah. 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 No, it was a good soundtrack. I just wasn't expecting that. Um, if you could change, or, you know, I, I can go first. If, if I could change one thing about this one, and this was surprisingly easy for me, it was the bad guys, the Fratellis. It just, it didn't work for me. Didn't really make sense. Rewatching it, everything lined up except for that. And I hate to be like, I, I don't want to make it too cliche, but I would have loved if it was either just like one creepy old man or how's this? If you just remove the mother, something about the mother, Mama Fratelli, just like it didn't fit. I'm like, that woman's 800 years old. She's not, she's not doing this. <laughs> the, the whole thing just didn't make sense. So just make it the brothers. That would have, I would have liked that. And I, but I think part of the reason why I didn't like the Fratelli so much is a credit to the rest of the cast. I think the kids outacted the hell out of it. Like the kids were way better than the, than uh, the adults way better than Robert Davy and Joey pants and, and the mother too. So um, that was it. Uh, oh, and then the thing I mentioned earlier about the cutting out that speech about the Goonies oath, that's, I don't know how you come up with that oath and cut that out of the film. That's crap, but go ahead. What's, yeah, what's your, really if you good. Um, so this is a kid's version of Indiana Jones and we can't forget that, but there are times when it's obviously too shade and I wish there was a bit more tension involved with the kids. What makes adventure films so great is when there's a big danger and something goes terribly wrong and it's a challenge that needs to be overcome, kind of like following the hero's journey. Um, this film doesn't really have a whole lot of that. There's obviously some small parts of danger, but nothing we actually fear for the kids' lives. And I wish the stakes were kind of raised a little bit in some scenes. Maybe, like I said, make the villains a little more terrorizing where they almost like they actually do get, you know, close to endangering some kid. Like we see a little brief scene with Chunk, but they're never really like, I don't, I don't want you know, this is a kiss one, but they're not really too, too aggressive with him. So I feel like, again, I wasn't really fearing these villains in the movie. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I, yeah, something about them just wasn't, I think if it was just the two brothers, it would have been a lot better. There's something about the mother there that made it like clearly, not a joke, but it like reminded me that it was a movie. Yeah. If that's, if that makes sense. But um, is that it? Do you have anything else you change? That was it. It was pretty much the stakes, how I never felt like, you know, we look at Indiana Jones and we, again, <clears throat> cater to different audiences here, but our adventure films, we look at Indiana Jones and like, we see Indy, there are some scenes where he's close to just like, you know, will he get out of the situation? How's he going to get out of this? Whereas the Goonies, I'm like, okay, for the most part, smooth sailing, a couple traps, but booby traps here and there, but <laughs> nothing crazy. Yeah. And, and a lot of time of that smooth sailing, like, like yeah. I said, it's the movie's an hour and 50 minutes by 25 minutes in they're on their adventure. So it's like a lot of time that they're kind of just, they're trekking along and they're running into minor speed bumps, but nothing, 
nothing too significant. So yeah, I agree with that. So um, if you listen to the podcast before, you know that this is where we give our score and uh, on re- we review the movie. We rate movies on a scale of one to five. Would you mind paying a lay fee to keep this movie? So a score of one is you get a few minutes in, you see Trump do the, uh, Trump, you see Chunk do the truffle shuffle. That was a Freudian slip. I would, oh, we're, I would, we're, we're, I'm not ending that on our exercise. No, please, please leave it. I would, if someone can get Donald Trump to do the truffle shuffle because of this, I would, it would be, my life is complete. No, um, <laughs> you see Trump do the, Chunk do the truffle shuffle. And uh, you're like, I can't do it anymore. You turn it off all the way up to score a five, which is I'm going to see this movie, keep it a few extra days. And so I can show my friends and everything like that. So it was Joe's pick. So I'm going to go first with this one. This one's a classic for a reason. And I really enjoyed rewatching it. Like I said, I didn't watch, I've seen this movie a handful of times, but I didn't grow up with it. Like a lot of other people did my age. And I think that part of the reason for that is I think that the spot that this film fills for other people is filled by other ones for me. Like the obvious comparison with this one is, is stand by me. And I've probably seen stand by me 8 billion times. And I, and I think that stand by me just does a better job of developing the characters through what they're going through. And you see more of that interaction between the group. Um, so, and there are other movies like that, but stand by me is the one that I kept thinking of. Um, but like I said, this one's a classic. It's it's not perfect, but it's very good. I went back and forth on what I was going to give this one. And so I kind of split the difference. I gave this one a 3.75 out of 5. There are some flaws that knock it down for me. And compared, like I said, compared to some other coming-of-age childhood movies, I just don't think it compares to those. But it's still a classic. And, and you know, it's it's a very entertaining watch. So enjoyed rewatching it. Joe? Yes. Yeah, so anything to say about anything to say about Donald Trump or chunks or? I want to see Trump do the trouble shuffle now. I want to see him just shake Same. a little bit. Yep. Same. Okay, go ahead. Goonies <laughs> is a movie that will always be a part of my life. I loved that as a kid, and I still do. The cast of kids is they're they're great together, and the chemistry seems like they've been best friends forever. Again, I grew up living in that same style with my friends, where we were just walking to those houses and just like we were, we saw each other every single day. And you got that vibe from this cast and crew as a uh, acted together there's obviously some things that stand out now watching as an adult such as the stakes are being too high compared to other adventure films but this is a fun adventure film aimed towards a younger audience and we can't forget that watching this as a kid i wanted to be a goonie and revisiting it as an adult that really hasn't changed i gave this a four out of five yeah that's i think that's that's a very honest and fair review yeah it's it's easy to see why this is a classic and it'll always be a classic. And like, I, I totally agree with what you said about the kids. And that's kind of what I was saying about the Fratelli family is the, the grown, the grown adults, uh, Joey Pantoliano and, and, uh, and who, Robert Davey and, and Ann Ramsey, they got acted like outacted by the kids. The yeah. kids killed it. So. Yeah, so that's a good thing, though. Uh, the beer, uh, Privateer Sour Ale from Armada Brewing. Did I say that, that I was drinking that? Yes, you did. Yep. Okay, good. I think. Now you have to second guess myself. I'm pretty sure you did, though. Yeah, whatever. I'm saying it now. So Privateer's <laughs> Sour... Yeah, I did, because I mentioned the pirate on the can. Privateer Sour Ale from Armada Brewing. Very delicious, especially on a hot day like today. Um, check it out if you can. 
follow us on Instagram, uh, worth a late fee. So at worth a late fee, suggestions, feedback, always welcome. And then obviously, like every podcast says, rate, review, subscribe if you can. We appreciate it. We'll be back next week. Next week is my pick. And I have, I had a dilemma because there's a film that I've been wanting to do since we started the podcast. And I wish I got a chance to do it earlier in the summer. And I was thinking about waiting till next July 4th, but I can't wait that long. We're going to be reviewing the classic, one of my favorite movies of all time, The Sandlot. Oh, shit. All right. Yep. yep. We talked about that just a couple of weeks ago, like briefly, real fast. I have two movies. Well, that now I have one more after this that I want to get in this summer. That's why I said I know Brian sent in a request and we are going to get to Brian's film, but I have a couple of movies that I have to get done during summertime. Um, so Sandlot's one of them and I'm obviously excited. Yeah. So yeah. thank you guys awesome. very much for listening and we'll be back uh, next week. Yep. As always. Thank you.